0: This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson.
2: This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night from 10 to 11, where we discuss and dissect political talking points designed specifically To seize your liberty, to wrap themselves in a faux virtue while seizing your liberty. Sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, your money. And if you haven't uh, tuned into Facebook on the show, I think it's important that you do so, especially today. You can find it at Sean from Elmwood Park because you just missed like three minutes of watching Macbeth try to put his headset on. I think it's important you do tune in to see the size of his head, which deserves its own moon. However, he is a tremendous asset. He's got the clips. We've had some technical difficulties getting the clips. But this week, as we were inundated on all the Sunday shows, watching um, them struggle with the fact Trump had probably the best week of his presidency, and I am not specifically referring to the three prisoners of war from North Korea, although monumental, monumental. I'm not referring to. The pulling out of a terrible, really terrible deal that as you as you read about it in the Iran nuclear deal, as you as you look at it, you realize that to have a deal with a third world despotic theocracy like Iran, where you realize anybody, it, it, they have to bow down before uh, their their head pūba, their grand pooba there with the, with the outfit on. You can't have a deal. Based in lies. So him pulling out of the deal. Something that I think was partially. um, Part of him getting elected. I think was great. Great great. But the reason. That he had a great week. Went unreported on the Sunday shows. And that reason. Was because he. Saw. The flaw in the Obamacare prescription drugs. Something that has been crippling. America. In the the true scandal. Lobbyist. the, The true picture of corporatism is in the Medicare, Medicaid, welfare, drug, prescription fund that has just, as as people are on medication, you've seen your medical costs quadruple in some cases, that we are all bearing the cost for this, that as somebody who is self-employed, who has, who has seen his, insurances, uh, his insurance premiums go up 300% such as myself, corporations like the one that Macbeth works for here at Salem, They've bared the cost of, of, of just exploding healthcare costs as they're hiding this in some sort of phony patriotism and phony social right that we have that, that we're supposed to take care of all of the people who would clearly abuse it. As we have an opioid uh, epidemic that is a direct result of these ridiculous drug plans, it's, uh, it's important to realize that was the true accomplishment of this week. Now Macbeth uh, has been working diligently to load the clips of what I think is the most important. Macbeth, I know I'm off off a uh, number here, but give me two. Give me the Trump clip two first, please. I think it's crucially important. And we're gonna we're gonna we're
3: gonna everyone sing to themselves as Drug we Drug right lobby is making an absolute fortune at the expense of American consumers. No industry spends more money on lobbying. Now Macbeth, you know where I found this clip. That wasn't fully played out. You know where I found that clip? That was my fault.
2: That's all right. It was on CNN, and not one. And I watched since he, since he went to the Rose Garden and gave what I thought was his most important speech as president. I didn't see one special on it, except for Fox Business. Fox Business did an expose on it. Where, where? Um, why don't you give me? Are we ready for these? Or how about uh, Trump Four? Because I think that's also. No,
1: you get no. You get the the remainder of the one you. Oh, you mean when you hit the button? Okay, give me that one. No industry spends more money
3: on lobbying than the pharmaceutical health products industry. Last year, these companies spent nearly $280 million on lobbyists. That's more than tobacco, oil, and defense contractors combined. Health insurance companies and other providers spent another $200 million to protect the status quo. And to keep prices artificially high. Now, he's exactly right. But here's the thing. What he's
2: doing is strategic because he's in order to remove the cornerstone of Obamacare. You need to do things like this because those lobbyists, they're the ones that have been paying Republicans along with Democrats. They're the reason that we will never get rid of Obamacare. That no matter if it's Mitch McConnell or or if it's uh, uh, Paul Ryan or John Boehner or whoever, Shecky Green in the Republicans who gets in there, n- the, the trajectory of Obamacare will not change until you chip away at its base. And part of its base, the most crucial part, is the outrageous drugs that we are paying four and five hundred percent than our European allies in some cases. So... I think in clip four, why don't you hit clip four? Because I want him to touch upon. We're subsidizing Europe that are paying a small fraction of what we pay for prescription drugs.
3: We are not going to reward companies that constantly raise prices, which in the past has been most companies. Frankly, Alex used to run one of them. So nobody knows the system better than Alex. That's what we needed. Our And a very successful one. Our plan will end the dishonest <laughs> double dealing that allows the middleman to pocket rebates and discounts that should be passed on to consumers and patients. Our plan bans the pharmacist gag rule, which punishes pharmacists for telling patients how to save money. Now, this was a crucial part of Obamacare. In Obamacare, there was a rule
2: where pharmacists could not tell you that you could save money by simply asking for a generic version of that same drug. So in Obamacare were where rules and regulations that kept these prices high and where the rebates for buying these drugs were distributed among lobbyists so that money could be taken, and given to politicians to keep these very restrictions. This is the, the picture of corporatism. And the fact that he is specifically mentioning the pharmaceutical lobby is crucially, crucially important. So to me, this week that Donald Trump had, this is the most important week of his administration. And as you know, if you listen to the show, I am not a rah-rah. This is not cattle drive radio. I am not a Trump Krishna. I criticize him constantly. And when he mirrors or grabs little little, uh, uh, subsidies and pretends that it's an economy, when he tries to control trade policies, when he implements Democrat fiscal policies, I jump all over him. But the the crucial point is when he's right, he is right. Give me five, please.
3: Tough on the drug makers that exploit our patent laws to choke out competition. Our patent system will reward innovation, but it will not be used as a shield to protect unfair monopolies. The FDA We'll also speed up the approval process for over-the-counter medicines so that patients can get more medicines without prescription. So
2: now listen, this is what he's really talking about is he's giving you free market solutions to a system that thrives, that exists on the anti-free market, on price fixing, on, on making subsidies uh, Really nationwide, not just nationwide, but worldwide, because there's a major component that these drug companies are able to go to Canada and sell it for very, very little. That's why you're seeing if you're one of one of the many people who logs on the Internet, what's the first thing you see in one of these spams Buy your prescription drugs uh, from Canada and save X amount of dollars. Did you ever wonder why that is? That's because we're subsidizing those drugs and it's a backflow to us. This is I think is crucially important, Macbeth. I think this is his best week ever. And I forgot to say Happy Mother's Day, didn't I? I think so, but there are no mothers here. Yeah, but come on.
1: Your wife, the beautiful Mrs. Macbeth, She's not And the here. two lovely kids. Oh, do you know how hard she would hit you if you called her Mrs. Macbeth in person? <laughs> but Happy Mother's Day. I meant to
2: start with that, but we might as well go to our first commercial break with that.
1: Or wait another minute and 20 seconds. Or wait another minute and you know, 20 when seconds. When you hear the music. You know, you've been doing this a while.
2: I understand. I always thought, you know, the you buttons are six? all off. You know what? I do want number six.
3: Governments extort unreasonably low prices from U.S. drug makers. Americans have to pay more to subsidize the enormous cost of research and development. In some cases, medicine that costs a few dollars in a foreign country costs hundreds of dollars in America for the same pill with the same ingredients in the same package Made in the same plant, and that is unacceptable. In eight minutes
2: of this speech on Friday, I personally feel this is the most important speech he gave. Now I understand Sunday shows are caught up with all of the stuff that that is flashy, the North Korea, that they're they're caught up with, uh, you know, bashing him at every turn. But this is crucially important, and if for no other reason, this is why, and I mean it, Macbeth. Every once in a while, I'm proud and I'm glad he was elected. And this is the kind of week it was. This was a fantastic week for Trump. We'll be back after these messages. 312-642-5600 if you care to participate.
0: Sean from Elmwood Park. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560. The answer, everybody is
2: the Liberty Send Hour place. each and every week, where when politicians, regardless of parties, do things that, in, that strengthen our liberty, we're going to praise them. When they do things that don't, we're going to rage against them. And that's what's crucially important. I, I, one thing that you, it's hard not to get sucked into is the constant, uh, what's always annoyed me about the, the Trumpism that's happened is when he's right, listen, I love it when he's right. When he does things like this, this is right. When he does things like in the omnibus bill, still keep the payments flowing to insurers, that's wrong. So I'd like for him to obviously attack that. That's crucially important. Billions of dollars every month going to these quasi-private uh, companies that are so interwoven with our government. The the beat just goes on. But I do love the fact that he is now. You're starting to see, McBeth. Did you see Durbin on, on the news? Was very upset yeah. because now insurers can offer non-compliant to Obamacare restrictions and rules to us Illinoisans for a little break. And what is what does Dick Durbin do? No, no, no. There's no break here, and we'll get into Illinois and Rauner and how he's hiding. He's a lot more like Durbin than even
1: uh, J.B. Pritzker. I was wondering how far you're going to go with that, even our previous conversation.
2: always goes back to stretch marks and big belly buttons, J.B. Pritzker. But when Trump is right, he's right. I want him to be more right. I want him to be more consistent. I want him to be more free market. But when he does something like this, because this is the little drip, McBeth, that can be a tsunami to the rules and reg- regulations of Obamacare. And that's what we need. Now, part of the other thing that's going on is the foreign. Oh, they wanted to do, they, they, first of all, they, it killed them to give him credit for the, for the three hostages in North Korea. It killed them. I mean, if you watch these Sunday shows, they were so uncomfortable. They would bring on people. Is this real? Is he really doing a great job? Well, obviously, you can't argue with the results of what happened. Now, when all that nonsense was going on with Kim, when he was calling him Rocket Man and all this, you know, I, I heard all the, all the people, it's 3D chest. Remember that? Everybody was Bobby Fisher.
1: Yeah, everybody's playing checkers. The reality, or whatever. Is, yeah.
2: the reality is, I think it's when uh, North Korea saw those aircraft carriers, not too far from the shores, they probably realized, you know, we only got a pair of twos here. Much more likely. Because I'll tell you what, McMath, I don't believe they had the capability that they, we were told they had. I really don't. And I love the fact that the buckling is happening in such a rapid fashion that the newscasters don't know how to handle it. Because the way it looks now, it looks like this unhinged threatening between these two guys who probably never want to fight in their lives worked for our side. What do you think? Me? Yeah, because I'm watching
1: you. See, and if, you, if the people are watching I'm watching, watching you, the equipment that makes your show happen. Not happy, huh? I, I don't like listening to you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's probably not good, probably not good, no, but here's, uh, here's yeah, the reason well, because look, I
1: remind you what Rand Paul says I a, remind a you about of force the money is always going to be you know much more well received by people who tend to use saber rattling as a main diplomatic tool but now here's the other thing that
2: that 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 I see happening is that we as conservatives are starting to be um we're falling into this this whole thing of 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 spending money in certain areas. Not spending it in others, and what I mean by that is, all I heard these experts come on and say, maybe it's time that we give North Korea some benefits economically. So here's my big fear with this North Korea thing: Are we going to turn around and do what we did in the Middle East, which is fund our enemy? That's something we get played. I yeah. don't want to do so. Ironically, ironically is, and you know, I've been very critical of Trump, very very critical. Is are we in better hands with Trump? making these decisions than Congress. And the answer is Uh, sketchy. Well, how could you say that when our Congress has just a history of constantly,
1: constantly being played, but ideally they're supposed to be the ones that make these decisions.
2: And that's what I always fight for. Listen, you know, early on when, when, when Trump kind of lost me in the, in the whole running was when he started to skew towards that, almost that, uh, uh, dict, dictatorial governing, that I reject in, in, in every level. But when push comes to shove, we're in a 16 year war that nobody talks about anymore. Nobody. And you know well, what? Well, there's one guy. Well, this week it happened. This week, Rand Paul, um, while well, questioning the appropriations of military, see, this is the other thing that, that where I kind of am, am critical of Trump. Always more military spending, always more military spending. I think it needs to be strategic. When you spend military
4: money, because you know what happens if it isn't give me Rand Paul, because this is a crucial clip. Thank you for coming. I call this uh, hearing of the federal spending oversight subcommittee to order. Almost 17 years ago, the U.S. invaded Afghanistan to topple the Taliban regime to provide sa- that provided safe harbor to perpetrators of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. I think that was the right thing to do at the time, but I think we've simply stayed too long. This is the longest military engagement in U.S. history. We've already been there seven years longer than the Soviets, and their occupation is often characterized as a failure. They're Vietnam. Instead of learning from their experience, we seem to want to duplicate it. We have occupied their old bases. We're trying to build the same kind of infrastructure, and we are fighting the same kind of guerrilla force.
1: Okay, Rand, tell us how you really feel. Listen,
2: this is the problem with what happens once you have these huge, huge... Budgets. Once you have a guy who says we need more and more military spending, the problem is how many people out there knew we are we are inhabiting the same bases the Russians did. We are following the same track that the Russians did. Now that became obviously everybody remembers that's Russia's Vietnam. You could argue that that was financially what. Broke Russia, I mean, along with many, many other things, but that was a a, a contributor to their massive fiscal problems. We keep funding it with borrowed money and we're not addressing it. And now what you're seeing is the the politicians say we should start to funnel money in subsidies to North Korea to help build up their economy, because here's what people don't get everyone talk and they hide behind free markets which is nauseating you're going to open up free trade to north korea north korea is a prison camp their people don't they they have nothing they have no money to purchase our products with they have there's nothing that they can give us of value for our products so what happens is the magical hand of washington where we give them money so that they can buy our products so in essence we're paying for it so it's, it's, it's almost the uh, Bernie Sanders school of, of economics. That's not what I'm interested in either. The main thing that you need to do with North Korea, and, and this is where Trump is winning, is solve the war with South Korea.
1: Man, I take one call and you get right back onto the previous topic.
2: Well, listen, because you know, it's got to all tie in. Let's go to Candace. We got time for
5: Candace?
1: Go ahead.
2: Let's go to Candace. And Macbeth watches me do my gymnastics. Candace, thank yeah, you so much for I calling the show.
5: It. Hi. Hey, I was listening to the Sunday shows and watched that whole Iran deal, and um, I didn't want to be too long on the phone, but it seems to me that uh, I think it's very strange that we have this war on terror and that Merkel's all in the flux and everybody's all upset, but yet they are importing terror. So what is going on over there? I mean, how can these people be our allies when we are over there fighting the war, quote unquote, and then they're in... They are importing these people to their country and then we have these Democrats who want to do the same thing here. Is there something going on where we didn't get the memo, where we've already sold out and acquiesced? Well here's here's the
2: is, Here's the problem these, I get. To,
5: to me, like like that is what's going on. And you know what? We should have had the the guts to do it. Yeah, this, easy. Which is Flatline the countries with a huge bomb. That's my thing. Oh, well. I know that it sounds Listen, crazy. but It I does sound crazy, crazy, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Here's why
2: it sounds crazy. You're discounting, you're
5: discounting
2: what happened when Obama was in charge. Do you remember they tried to revolt against this theocrat? They tried to revolt and overthrow this despot in Iran. And what did Obama do? He sat back when they crucially wanted our help. There are good people. Never forget, Candace, just because of logistics, we're here. There are good people in bad countries. There's no and to say we should just bomb them. It's insanity. And that's what's bothering me quietly what you're hearing when you see Bolton. You're hearing the same thing that happened in the Bush administration for Iraq. All that they're doing, just replace Iraq with Iran. That's why I'm not big, a big fan of Bolton. And it's not just that Ron Jeremy mustache. I don't like this nonsense of just constant hate. What you should be doing is stoking the revolt against the Iran dictatorship. These are people right now, they have no rights like us. If they're talking, you think people in Iran who don't like their government can speak freely about it? They're in prison. They're beaten. It's very much like North Korea or Cuba or any one of these other despots. As Americans, our, our, our job isn't to go in and constantly just overthrow with military. We should support the people that are fighting for liberty and freedom that we have here.
1: Let it spread naturally. Yeah. Good news. Uh, Because you've covered six topics in the last three minutes, Mm -hmm. um, we have no more time for clips.
2: Well, here's the thing. This radio is not for stupid people. Listen, you want stupid radio? Go ahead. There's cheerleaders here. We're covering topics because we're looking at the macro picture of success versus failure. Rather than picking little micro successes, I want to look at the overall picture. What's the overall picture? What's the trajectory change? And then when you know when Trump does right, I'm on his team. When he does wrong, I'm not. Oh, you got music, huh? Mother's Day music. Oh, you got Mother's Day music?
0: You're
2: still supposed to talk. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers.
1: Baby,
0: now, back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600.
2: I can't get enough. I got, I have Mr. T's entire album. I mean, I think very underrated. Big, big fan of Mr. T. Now it is Mother's Day. You like it? You like the music, huh, Mcbeth? I had people at my house today. I like Mother's Day very much. My mother passed away ten years ago. It's always very sad, but you always get to see the new mothers come along. It's a great, great holiday. Except I will say this, Macbeth. It's much better to go to someone else's house than have everyone at your house. Who wants to do all that stuff? Clean in the
1: yard. It's insanity. Well, you're, you, you wanted to talk. I mean, I showed up tonight and you said uh, you had 30 people at your house yeah, today. A lot of
2: people. A lot of people. My wife's got a big family. It's always fun. It's nice an endorsement to watch.
1: for insanity. You
2: know, trying to get ready for the show and then everybody's got show tips, right? See, here's the problem. My wife's family, very old-fashioned, like, Union Democrats, right? And I watched early on as they all started to get behind that national populism stuff. So I started to really pay attention to it. And one thing Trump used to do that I really liked, that he's done a complete 180 on, was his foreign policy. Do you remember when he was a citizen? When he would talk about, what are we doing in the Middle East for all this time, we're wasting all this time and all this money and all this inefficiency. I what really, country do you come from, sir? I really did like that about him. And one thing I've always been aware of is that w- what we've watched over the last fifty years is congressmen give up the power of Congress. The beauty of our system is that Congress is supposed to be direct representatives of us. And what have they done in almost every important financial issue? They they just succeed. They just give it away. Yeah, they see it. They just give it away to the president. And then they, and why? And when you think about it, it's brilliant in its failure. Because now they could blame the president instead of blaming themselves. And every two years, what do they run on? Their own failure or their own lack of power. And they don't want you to realize they've given it away. And this is why I think it's crucially important we pay attention to that small little caucus, the Freedom Caucus. I want you to think about how crazy this is. In America, the outliers are guys who call themselves the Freedom Caucus. These are the wackos of Congress. And you know what, unless we get more guys like Rand Paul, we're gonna forget the fact that all we're really arguing about is just how much more money we're gonna waste.
4: Give me Rand Paul's second clip, please. Some talk about never coming home. We are told our mission there is vital and that we are making a stable country in the region which will pay a peace dividend even if we have to stay 50 years, 50 years. Recently, Secretary Pompeo admitted there is not a military solution to the Afghan war. And yet this administration just upped our troop numbers. We build dams and electric transmission lines and the Taliban blow them up or worse, take them over and sell the power back to the Afghan people. And by the way, while we are building infrastructure there, our infrastructure at home is aging and crumbling. I mean, this is crucially,
2: crucially important. So we, as American citizens, very, much, very very, many of us, really don't understand the magnitude, the money, what exactly we're doing there. The, right. We have no real progress. No. There's no real progress. And when they Any go... In,
1: details, too. We can't even go to the places we're paying for.
2: Can't get details. Then when you go in these little committees that happen really weekly, when you go to these little committees, you find out that they're giving them answers that only, what, one or two congressmen are really divulging? What do you mean you have no exit plan? What do you mean you're going to be there for 50 years? Was any of this told to the American people? And what are all of these, these congressmen who are running now? All these conservatives, Peter Roskam, Adam Kinzinger, what are they doing about this? Instead, they're telling you how conservative they think they are. They're voting completely and always to spend more and borrow more. And none of them are talking about this issue. And now you're pointing to a position in North Korea where you want us to just double down? So pretty much you're going to implement the same policy there that you have in the Middle East.
4: The country isn't safe. You can't even leave the embassy. Most of the time our personnel can't even visit many of the infrastructure projects we pay for. Let me repeat that. We cannot even visit many of the projects we are paying for. And who's talking about a stop?
2: To, the money to stop, let us stop building this stuff until we can at least,
4: at least know what's going on with it? We have an opium problem there. We have an opium problem here. And despite spending over $8 billion in Afghanistan, they're still the leading producer of poppies as an uh, origin of heroin for the world. And that explains why heroin is at 1965 prices. Yeah.
1: So what, what were the prices in 1965? Uh,
2: I, I, from my, my, the old 70s movies or 60s movies I was watching, I believe it was $10. Ten dollars. Ten dollars for all the, you, her- all the heroin you can. I have. don't know how it comes. I've never done a drug in my life. I know
1: you've said that before.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing I'm not it sure comes. That I believe you. You remember those old seventy movies? No, it was always the balloon.
1: Ten dollars. Born in 1982. No, I certainly do not remember those. So old now you've 70's got the same
2: movies. the same prices, and now we've added the opioids, which has just taken over, and now we're we, we're subsidizing the opioids for different people. They're stealing the drug. So my point is. Only through congressmen being involved in these decisions are you going to fix anything. It's great to have a strong man every once in a while, but that's not our system. Our system is about representative government. We need more Rand Pauls and less pretenders like Roskam and Kinzinger. Throw them out. It's the Liberty Hour each and every Sunday night. We'll be back after these messages.
0: listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600.
4: To top it all off, we're spending over 40 billion dollars each year for this. So this hearing is to really take a deeper dive into examine that spending. We have the special inspector general for Afghan reconstruction here today to talk about some of his great work exposing things like the 42 million dollar natural gas gas station. <laughs> The $60 million power transmission system that doesn't work, buildings that melt in the rain, and the $80 million consulate up in mazar sharif that was never occupied because it was not secure. I've made it no secret. I think we should come home. I think we went in for the right reasons, but we stayed too long. It isn't our job to build countries, and frankly, I think we do a poor job of it. I mean, these
2: guys spend money worse than any athlete out there who's wasted hundreds of, I mean, it's insane the amount of money that's just wasted and nobody says anything. Right,
1: Andre Rison's looking at this going, ooh, geez. <laughs> and I'm
2: the dummy? <laughs> it's insanity. We're going to go to the lines now. Tom from Deer Park. Thank you so much for calling the show. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm good. Thanks, guys. Um, uh, you were playing clips of Rand Paul and... Uh, I know that you're an advocate of limited government and, and, uh, results. And I was just curious, the war on drugs, and I'm not advocating drug use or anything like that, but the war on drugs is now 40 years old. Uh, it, it came about in the Nixon administration. It gets touted by both parties, uh, both administrative and legislatively. And I think we're a couple trillion dollars into it. I personally don't see any results. And I was just curious as a limited government person, well, what your thoughts
1: are? on It's the positive war on results, Twitter. anyway.
2: Well, it's the biggest waste of money that we've ever had. Number one, number two. You know what's funny? This comment you have because it kind of ties into this whole CIA stuff. Number one, the new conservatism is really confusing me. So we hate the FBI, but as I listen to, to conservatives all over the up and down the dial and the callers, we love the CIA. As we talk about this new right. woman, that ha- right. I mean, to me. This, you want to talk about two versions of of incompetence? Here is the difference: the FBI to me is just a parking lot of a, a patronage parking lot of sycophants and failures. It's far more political than it is. Absolutely, yeah. that's what that's what we've learned during the Trump years. Right, as the as they, we find out, they put a, a liaison to right. traffic. I think Trump. overblown, but but yes. But to Tom's point, the CIA, the only ones that beat Pablo Escobar at drug trafficking is the CIA. I mean, is that controversial? Are we supposed to pretend that doesn't happen? Well, it's Mother's Day, and Mama said
1: do what you're good at.
2: I mean, it's just, it's so, so on one hand you have a drug war, on another hand you have an arm of the government who's neck deep in it. Whatever happened to Noriega's money? Noriega, who they were pulling barrels out of the ground, stuffed with money. What happens well, yeah, we to took all over the money? The,
1: uh, banks and how
2: could it be? You have this big drug war. We're supposed to be breaking all of these drug kingpins,
1: yet the supply is never dented. And you know what? With Noriega's money, what's interesting is he was holding money. The Panamanian banks, rather, were holding money for a lot of people: Escobar's people, uh, Iranians, and that. You don't so think our banks wasn't, are? It wasn't just his money, oh, though. Come on. think about how much money was taken.
2: They by. like it in the shadows, Tom. You know this. They like it in the shadows. Like right now, here, we could go on uh, heyjackass.com and you could see how many Chicagoans. This is a drug war that's happening here. And it's not a drug war against people who don't want drugs and people who do want drugs. It's a drug war for territory. We have so many dealers in the city of Chicago that they're killing each other in droves. and, And you know what? Nobody stops the problem of drugs. We pretend you can't get drugs. I mean, Macbeth. He's a, he's a worldly kid. If I give him $100 and tell him I want something, he'll be back in 30 minutes with whatever I want.
1: Yeah, I, that no. Because
2: there, sure. is, there is no such thing as a break in the supply. They like it where it's underground. And you know what you're going to see now? In Illinois, it all ties into the Sam G and Con Economic Plan, where we have these little gaming casinos pop up. Now the next thing you're going to have, and you already have it, are these pot dispensaries. Now, these pot dispensaries, instead of, instead of really having drugs, uh, or, uh, marijuana, and tax it in right, instead of opening it up, they're going to keep it among their own little lobbyists. So the thing about the drug war is it's a lie. It's a bald-faced lie. because if you're, It's you're, a vehicle. If you're telling me... You Here, Rand Paul, you have Poppy coming out of Afghanistan. It's the number one supplier. We've been at war for 16 years. We've been at war for 16 years. They were at war with the Russians for 20 before that. And yet the supply chain has never been broken. And we're going to pretend we have a war on drugs? There is no war on drugs. and Nor should there be. Nor should there be. The problem with freedom is you're free to throw your life away. And that's what government does. They want to cont- pretend there's some control, there's some oversight in your life, that they're they're protecting you. They're not protecting
1: well, you. Well, it's not even they're pretending that there is something. Market. It's pretending that it would be possible. My my problem with the, the drug prohibition would be the same thing that it would be with alcohol prohibition, prohibition exactly. or anything else, is that it's not practical. You cannot do it effectively. And in attempting to do it, you're going to simply bankrupt yourself.
2: And you're going to make the situation much, much worse.
1: Yes, you open up gonna... a black market, you open up for, uh, you know... Underworld dealings. Exactly. You want to solve, you know,
2: we've got the Chicago, the news every night. This You want to stop it overnight? It's very, very simple. Make drugs legal. Heroin, aisle seven at CVS. It's not going to make it, the only thing it'll stop is the violence. The only thing it will ever stop is the black market, the gangster mentality of what's happening. And if you're going to pretend that it isn't happening, then that's only for people who've never driven through these ghetto neighborhoods. These bad neighborhoods, they like it the way it is. They like the system the way it is because they could pretend that there's a drug war. And you know what drug wars need? They need the same thing as regular wars. They need more money and more power to government. So that's why I think they're not interested in really solving or winning the drug epidemic. Because if they were, they would, do it, they would recognize the failure of a 40-year failure, as Tom from Deer Park correctly, uh, I mean correctly, described it as. It is an absolute unmitigated failure. And instead, it seems to me that they're going to double down on the failure. But that's what they do best. They profit off their own failure. This is the Liberty Hour each and every Sunday night. You got new music for me, huh, kid? I like it. Good grief. Keep talking. I, I like this song. I'm not going to talk over the guy. Okay, Mother's we're not a music Day. Star. It's Mother's Day. That's why it's here. Now here's the thing, I'd like to pretend,
0: I, I obviously recognize it, but I don't know who it is. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on a 560 The Answer.
2: This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night, where we go over the political talking points. Now one of the things I wanted to get to is the John McCain dust up, which I'm going to tell you something, every once in a while, I, I, I can agree with McCain, I haven't... I mean, 90% of his policies, terrible. The fact that you have a brain disease and you have the audacity to still pretend you can be a senator is
1: outrageous to me. You and I were actually on the same page as that. I was surprised by that.
2: How about the other guy from uh, uh, Louisiana, is it? Uh, Cochran. Uh, Uh, You know, Thad Cochran. This guy, nobody's seen him in five years, right? He's drooling on himself five years ago. He hasn't been heard of. He's still a senator.
1: Well, Woodrow Wilson. Okay. Had a, had a in, you know, Listen, he was incapacitated by a stroke. His wife re- was essentially the, the president. We're not related to any of these people. You understand that?
2: We have no till death do us part thing. You can't do your job. You're done, Buster. Get somebody else in there. The people of Arizona deserve representation. But that's I got a little sidetracked, as usual. Well,
1: yeah. He had good
2: follow through. Good fo- When you don't like somebody, don't like them all the way down to the end. I do like that about him. He tells Trump... You can't come to the I don't want you to come to the wig. Don't even pretend to come. And Trump says, well, don't threaten me with a good time. I wasn't going to go until I had to go to the bathroom anyway. So that's what I like about this. If you're going to fight with somebody, do it right. That's the one thing I like about this Trump-McCain thing. All the way to the bitter end. And then, you know, we got the daughter chiming in. And how about her husband now pops up on all the Sunday shows. Have you seen this, Caballero?
1: Yeah, he's been, uh, well, he's in Israel right now. I mean, what is the deal? You just married. Both are actually. This kid has no credentials to be on Sunday shows. None. No. Zero. Zippo. Nope. Right out of college.
2: What's his? What's his claim to fame? Well, I married John McCain's daughter.
1: Yeah. It's just. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kushner. Who are you talking about?
2: I'm talking about McCain's son-in-law, but it applies to oh. Kushner. it You could. You
1: could. You were pivoting. I could pivot. I can't keep track of your ADD. Your ADD p- is somehow more powerful than mine. That's saying something. I'm tired. I've been up since 5:30 in the morning. I had to clean the yard and whatnot. Nobody. Stop making it. excuses. Just don't. But
2: it. I'll go to Jarrett. Jared Kushner, for example, who elected him to anything? Yet all of a sudden, in the, in, in the peace talks of the Middle East, well, we got to get Kushner out there with that girly voice and that pencil neck. I, I mean, this guy's elected to nothing. The same thing goes for Trump's daughter. I elected you to nothing. Go sit down. That's a problem with our whole system. And you know Chelsea's going yeah, like, to well in you know Chelsea's gonna be rounding the
1: bend. well in Illinois, too. You
2: know Chelsea's going to be rounding in the bend. Well, in Illinois, I mean, yeah. how far are you going to go? You're going to go from one hack to the next hack. But
1: it's, it's just, it's
2: handoff. Handoff politics. But I don't like the kids involved. Whether it's McCain's daughter and her useless husband, or it's pencil-neck Kushner with the feminine voice and the daughter, which, can you figure that out? You know, she's a beautiful girl. And she gets this Kushner guy? Doesn't seem to fit. What
1: do you think? Uh, I think there are certain advantages. I think you look at uh, Hillary and Bill. And you see a very business-like relationship. Yeah, but they
2: were two homely people. Yeah, but two no, no, homely no, no, no. People. not
1: necessarily, though. They were both up-and-coming uh, leftists. So I even mean, you have, you know.
2: But this is this is, this is is Trump's daughter. I mean, she could have had their picket of the litter, and you bring home that guy?
1: You really what? think so? Oh,
2: I think it's a shame. I don't think so. She could have had you. All
1: right, let's go to... No, no, we no.
2: got time for Ann? Ann! Not really, but go ahead.
5: Oh, I thought it was going to be anonymous.
2: Well, Ann, come on. Uh, Is nobody going to recognize your voice? I could pick you out of a crowd, for God's sake. It
1: does say anonymous. It does say anonymous. Okay,
5: anonymous, yeah. Uh, Well, you did mention Kushner. I I think he's a drinks. He got Kumi Kumi fired. Uh, (laughs) Sessions doesn't want to go against uh, uh, Trump because he has to indicate Kushner. But uh, also that uh, Yugoslavia, you know, when we went to war in Yugoslavia, did we go there for Tesla's papers? And See, Zuckerberg has twenty thousand acres in California. Is he gonna grow marijuana on those twenty thousand acres?
2: No, he's a beef farmer and we he gets a subsidy, so. he doesn't pay taxes, just like Bon Jovi. <laughs> See, but if you listen if you listen to what Ann says in every uh, little thing, there's a snippet of brilliance in it. Yes. Snippet of brilliance. Certainly is. Fastest hour of the week. I've had a good time, even though I'm very tired. Good night, Sean. McBeth's hat is huge. We'll be back next Sunday, ten to eleven. Little mom, little mom day song. No
1: other.
2: Mother. Un So treat
0: her right. Mother. I have
1: to go home. I have to go home. I
0: have to go home. I have to go home. treat her right. Treat her right. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's